Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. And by Ocean State Bird Club. Happy to sponsor Talking Birds. Why not shake off the midwinter blues with a bird walk? Or if it's too cold for your taste, come to one of our birding lectures or informal gatherings. We're online at www.oceanstatebirdclub.org and Facebook. Discover new ways to enjoy birding with Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 762. Will anybody recognize this sound? Listen carefully. It's a little hard to hear. It's a glimmer. A glimmer of hope. Based on the following, on Wednesday, January 8th, California Congressman Alan Lowenthal, along with 18 bipartisan co-sponsors, introduced the Migratory Bird Protection Act. H.R. 5552 that would restore long-standing protections for migratory birds against what's called industrial take, the unintentional but predictable killing of birds. The Migratory Bird Treaty Act, MBTA, was one of our nation's first and certainly one of the most effective conservation laws enacted to protect populations of migratory birds. Unfortunately, the current administration in Washington has crippled the MBTA by declaring that it no longer protects migratory birds from unintended harm by oil and gas developers and other industries. Well, the new Migratory Bird Protection Act reaffirms the MBTA's intent to protect migratory birds from industrial activities and provides regulatory certainty to responsible developers in managing incidental take as long as they follow best management practices to avoid bird deaths. So best wishes to you, H.R. 55-52. What do the following birds have in common? The Taliabu grasshopper warbler, the Peleng fantail, the Taliabu leaf warbler, the Peleng leaf warbler, and the Taliabu mysolmela. Uh, the answer is that until a recent expedition, I know you were going to give an answer to this, Tim. You're just, you're just champing at the bit there to say what those uh, birds are. But Well, the answer is that until a recent expedition to the Indonesian island of Sulawesi, the existence of those birds was unknown. Yes, they are newly discovered species. That's exactly what I was going to say, I knew Ray. that. Yes. A study yeah. published this week in the journal Science described those birds along with five new subspecies that were found during the expedition. Altogether, the discoveries represent the highest number of newly described bird species from a geographically limited area in more than a hundred years. Pretty amazing. Well, for anyone looking for another reason to be choosy about the trees and shrubs we plant in our yards, we have one for you. It comes in the form of a New England-based study at Boston University. And it contains some good news. The BU researchers found that birds migrating through the region towards Central America and southeastern North America in the fall, like gray catbirds, hermit thrushes, and Baltimore orioles, prefer native local fruits, like blueberries, black cherries, and raspberries. And this preference apparently carries over into late autumn when the choices tend to be dominated by the fruits of invasive plant species like Asian bittersweet. Japanese barberry and multiflora rose. 
Well, the good news relates to the fact that native fruits and berries are known to provide much better nutrition for native birds than what is found in those invasive species. So the takeaway seems to be that if we all plant native plant species in our yards, we'll get more birds because they prefer the fruits of those species and will help the birds because they'll get better nutrition from that native fruit, one of those win-win things. So it might be a good idea to make sure the plants at our local garden center is our native plants. And if they insist on pushing the other stuff, uh, maybe we should find another garden center. Thanks to Laura Carlo at WCRB, Classical Radio in Boston, for alerting us to this story. Meanwhile, also in the vicinity of our Boston home base, thanks to our friend Craig Gibson for putting together a terrific photo exhibit that opened this week in Lawrence, Massachusetts, featuring scenes from the huge crow roosts in that city, where American crows and a smaller number of fish crows gather in flocks, sometimes numbering in the tens of thousands. Quite a spectacle. And thanks to Craig, we'll soon be welcoming one of the world's leading experts on the use of tools by crows. Uh, More info coming soon, as well as more info on the photo exhibit. You can find that at wintercrowroost.com. All right, sports fans, a little Super Bowl music, please. Where we had this all planned out. We were going to say, will this year's event be an all-bird nickname Super Bowl? The Baltimore Ravens still in the running on the AFC on the AFC side, having defeated the Titans on Saturday night. Unfortunately, they didn't defeat the Titans on Saturday night. It was a big upset there, and it's kind of ruined all our plans for this all-bird nicknamed Super Bowl. But we still have the Seattle Seahawks. Yay, there we go. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, if they beat the (laughs) Packers today, and if they prevail against the winner of the Vikings and 49ers next week, they will be in the Super Bowl with at least one nicknamed bird team, if I have my brackets straight. I think I do. And by the way, what kind of a bird is the Seattle Seahawk, anyway? Some say it's an osprey, but reliable sources tell us that their mascot, named Taima, is an auger hawk, or buzzard, that's native to Africa, definitely not found in the wild anywhere near Seattle. So, Seahawks may still be in the Super Bowl. As for the Ravens, well, they kind of... Kind of croaked is what happened there. Meanwhile, good luck to all the teams in the Super Bowl of birding taking place in parts of Massachusetts and New Hampshire on January 25th. From the Talking Birds email bag, we have a note from friend of the show and Talking Birds ambassador Sam Feba uh, from Diamonddale, Michigan. He says, hi, Ray, while listening to Mike's comments on birds flying in V's on last Sunday's Talking Birds show... I couldn't help but recall a real groaner of a birding joke. Do you ever notice how when geese are flying overhead, one side of the V is longer than the other? Do you know why that is? We scroll down to his answer. It says, because there are more birds on that side. Could we have a a groan, please? Sam continues, I had a friend who liked this joke but always told it wrong. He would ask why there were more birds on that side. And he was left without a punchline. I think that deserves another groan. All right. How about this? This is not a groan at all right here. This would be our mystery bird. 
This is a preview of our Mystery Bird Contest. This is a great day for radio listeners of our show today. We're told that our online stream is having some difficulty today. So if you're listening on radio, a special welcome uh, to you and a special invitation for you to call in on our Mystery Bird Contest. Our bird is a stout little shorebird. This is a preview of our contest that breeds in the Arctic tundra and winters along the rocky shores of the U.S. Atlantic coast. It appears mostly slate gray and brown in the winter with maybe a faint gloss of the color that gives it its name. It has a medium-length bill that's dark with a yellowish base and a slight droop at the end and short yellow legs in winter. When we get to see it here in the lower 48, our bird feeds mostly on small mollusks insects and crustaceans that it gleans from coastal rocks in the crashing surf. That's a good identifier right there of our mystery bird. So that's a preview of our contest. We have a beautiful Droll Yankees Observer Window Feeder as one of our prizes. Plus a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. And we have a really spectacular calendar for 2020, courtesy of the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. Those are all prizes on our Mystery Bird contest uh, here on this morning's show. Extra, extra, read all about it. Some of the stories and videos we have for you right now on our new beautiful TalkingBirds.com website and some of these on our Facebook page as well. The tragic bushfires in Southeast Australia clearly associated with the effects of climate change, have reportedly killed as many as a billion animals. Not a million, a billion. And thanks to Jeff C. from Hingham, Massachusetts, for passing along a link to a public radio segment from a program called The World about tropical birds fleeing the burning rainforest there and taking refuge in the garden of an architect whose home and studio are located in the bush south of Sydney. It's a fascinating, if disturbing, narrative, and we have a link to it right now. Thanks to Jeff on our TalkingBirds.com website. A listener story. We invite listener stories, and we can go right to our website, TalkingBirds.com, look for listener stories up at the top of the page, and send us one, as Barb Gee in Port Allegheny, Pennsylvania, has done. She sent us this wonderful story. It's called A Bird, A Boy, and a Nickname. Great story. You can find it under Listener Stories on our TalkingBirds.com website. And from the pages of Cornell Lab of Ornithology's magazine, Living Bird, a grassroots banding project that reveals how amazing northern saw-wet owls are. Some of the stories on our TalkingBirds.com website, most of them also on our Facebook page right now. And a reminder again to check out our new Kids in Nature page some terrific ideas about getting kids interested in and excited about birds and nature. Here's our conservation salute of the week. Remember Boyan Slot? He's the young Dutch inventor who created the Ocean Cleanup Project just a few years ago in hopes of creating a system to clean up ocean trash. The first couple of attempts with that system failed, but a third effort last year proved that the system had potential for success. However, Critics complain that cleaning up the trash in the ocean is more or less pointless because trash continues to pour into our oceans from our rivers at an alarming rate. 
So what did Boylan do? Did he just kind of give up? No, he announced a new initiative called the Interceptor, which plans to prevent the 80% of ocean trash that's coming from a thousand rivers worldwide from entering the ocean. So his great work continues, and we offer our Talking Birds conservation salute to the brilliant and dogged young planet defender from the Netherlands, Boyan Slat. We also love to salute Talking Birds listeners who transform themselves into Talking Birds ambassadors while remaining, we hope, Talking Birds listeners. And, and such, still human, or? Uh, okay. I'm, just checking. You can't tell anymore, really. Yeah. I'm pretty sure <laughs> okay. they're, they're still human. I'm sure they are. I know that Jeff Belser right. from Pembroke, yes. Massachusetts, is still uh, human. Jeff, thank you so much for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. He's been listening to our show since it began. Tim is demonstrated by this little story, which is great to hear, even though it makes us feel kind of old. He says, my son, Nate, who's 18 now, won the mystery bird contest when he was about four. Wow. You see what I mean? It was the oven bird. He pronounced it as oven boyd. <laughs> he says, Ray picked up, on it, picked up on this right away. Too funny. And we had found a baby oven bird earlier that week, which is why we knew the answer. Oh, wow. That's mm -hmm. great. Thank you, Jeff and Nate. Thank you to Renee Garcia from Reston, Virginia. She says, I jumped into the world of birding when my very good friend Eduardo took me toucan watching in Yucatan, Mexico. I've even aligned bird conservation with my professional work as I work on issues of climate change and agricultural sustainability. Since I'll be moving to Taiwan soon, I plan to start a cross-cultural birding club for young people. As a young birder and a young woman, I believe it's important to make birding circles more diverse and inclusive. And she says, I can't wait to share the podcast in Taiwan. How great is that? Thank you so much, Renee. Well, Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join Renee and Jeff in our ambassador's family by allowing us to send you some of our little info cards for you to hand out at your convenience to friends and neighbors and fellow birders. To join the family, just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on the Get Involved button up at the top and choose the Become an Ambassador option. Meanwhile, we're about to hear from a lady we sometimes call the Awesome Aussie or the Maid of Melbourne, our very own Australian-born Ambassador-in-Chief, Freya McGregor, We'd like to share some more reasons for Talking Birds listeners to become Talking Birds ambassadors. Freya. Hi, everyone. I just wanted to say hi and to encourage those of you who have been thinking a little bit about becoming an ambassador to, to become one. Being a Talking Birds ambassador is not a hard thing. Um, we send you out some little business card-sized cards that have information about our show on it, like our website, um, and how you might listen to the show. So that if you're out on a bird walk or chatting to uh, a neighbour or something and, and you mention the show, rather than them getting home and thinking, oh, they said something about this great bird show, but I don't remember what it was called, or you've given them a card that has, a, has the name of the show on it so they can look us up and tune in. So if you're out on a bird walk or... Uh, maybe if you belong to a bird club, you could take them along to a meeting and leave them on the table for people to pick up as they pass by. And it helps us spread the word about birds and conservation to more people. So thanks, guys. And thank you to our over 425 ambassadors who've joined 
the Talking Birds Ambassador family. It's it's a really awesome thing, and we have ambassadors from uh, more than twelve countries around the world as well, which is pretty fantastic. And happy New Year! Happy New Year, Freya. And it's good timing to hear from Freya this morning because we're on a push to sign up 15 new Talking Birds ambassadors by the end of January. Now 435 listeners are Talking Birds ambassadors, and we're hoping to reach a new goal of 450 listeners becoming ambassadors by the end of this month. So Talking Birds listeners, will you help us reach that goal by being one of those 15 listeners to join our ambassadors family? It's easy and fun to do, easy to sign up. Just uh, visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on the Get Involved button at the top of the page. Still to come on our show today, we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor. In our Let's Ask Mike segment, we'll talk about a holiday that many of us missed last week, National Bird Day. Plus, nifty prizes await for the winner of our Mystery Bird Contest. And up next, a pirate bird Inspired by a pirate ship, in terms of the name, is today's featured feathered friend. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. In 1738, English naturalist Eliezer Albin named today's featured feathered friend for a type of sleek ship often used for piracy. For piracy is what this bird is all about. It's a bird whose rakish lines and high-speed maneuvers gave it its previous name, the man-o'-war bird. It's an agile flyer for whom stealing food from other birds is a well-developed specialty. The bird is Regatta Magnificence, the magnificent frigate bird. It's an ocean-dwelling species, but one that almost never lands on the water spending days and nights on the wing, a behavior it's believed to share with only one other bird, the common swift of Eurasia and Southern Africa. In a spectacular courtship display, male magnificent frigate birds gather in groups of varying size, their bright red throat sacs inflated, clattering their bills, waving their heads back and forth, quivering their wings, and calling to females flying overhead. The magnificent frigate bird is the largest of five worldwide frigate bird species. It's more than three feet long with a wingspan of seven feet. Unlike other seabirds, male and female frigate birds look strikingly different from one another. The males are all black, save for that red throat sack, while females, also mostly black, have a white breast and lower neck sides, a brown band on the wings, and a blue eye ring. Magnificent frigate birds are found in many parts of the tropical Atlantic, breeding in colonies in Florida, the Caribbean, and Cape Verde Islands, as well as on the Pacific coast of the Americas, from Mexico to Ecuador, using their spectacular speed and maneuverability, along with a long hooked bill, to practice their piracy. The Pirate of the Ocean, Fregata Magnificence, the Magnificent Frigate Bird. Today's Talking Birds featured Feathered Friend.
Welcome again to our show, number 762. Have you visited our new website yet? I know Tim has, but uh, if you haven't done that yet... Yes, it's a gorgeous website. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, that's TalkingBirds.com. Up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. What's one of your favorite memories? Hmm, let's see. Well, there was this one time I went snorkeling in the Caribbean when I was a kid. It really just blew my mind. I mean, when you're sitting on the beach, it's so peaceful and you sort of forget there's a whole other world under there just full of all kinds of life. We saw the most beautiful corals. I remember thinking they were waving at us as they moved with the ocean. And then there were all these amazing fish. They kind of reminded me of tropical birds. They were so bright and colorful, just darting all over the place like birds in the sky. I'll never forget it. It completely changed the way I look at the ocean. Most of us have a memory of being in nature we'll never forget. Let's protect the world's natural places so more memories can be made for generations to come. Visit worldwildlife.org. Well, from time to time, folks tell us they want to call in on our mystery bird contest and can't get through. Well, today would be a really good day uh, to try to get through if you're listening on radio, because apparently our live stream is not cooperating with us uh, this morning. So we are uh, speaking to our radio audience in a live sense uh, today. So uh, get ready to call in on our mystery bird contest if you can identify this mystery bird. In fact, don't get ready. Just call us because we don't want to run out of time here. Here's the mystery bird. It's a stout little shorebird that breeds in the Arctic tundra and winters along the rocky shores of the U.S. Atlantic coast. It appears mostly slate gray and brown in the winter with maybe a faint gloss of the color that gives it its name. It has a medium-length bill that's dark with a yellowish base and a slight droop at the end and short yellow legs. In winter, when we get to see it here in the lower 48, our bird feeds mostly on small mollusks insects and crustaceans that it gleans from coastal rocks in the crashing surf. Tell us what it is or take your guess. Uh, no correct answer means uh, a drawing will determine our winner from those nearly correct guesses at 781-837-4900. That would be 781-837-4900. Prizes include the Droll Yankees Observer Window Feeder that lets you see the birds right up close with an unobstructed view. Nothing between you and the bird but that window holds a couple of cups of seed and fruit or fruit, suet or mealworms. Bonus prize, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game, plus a beautiful Cornell Lab of Ornithology 2020 calendar. Beautiful prizes, 781-837-4900 is the number to call. Meanwhile, we'll check in with Mike O'Connor at the famous Birdwatcher's General Store on Cape Cod, uh, let's ask Mike live in just one minute. Hello, I'm Ed Begley Jr. And wherever you call home, the sounds of wildlife connect you with a greater family of life. That's why you shudder each time you see woods, marshes, meadows, or grasslands being destroyed. You know that countless birds and other wild animals are losing their homes, the greatest threat to their survival. Among the growing number of threats to wildlife, habitat loss is the most devastating. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust offers a humane solution. 
working with private landowners to protect habitat as permanent safe havens for wildlife. When you hear the familiar wild voices you love, remember, your voice is the one that can speak for wildlife and for the land they call home, ensuring that it stays forever wild. To learn more, to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Well, today in our Let's Ask Mike live segment, we're celebrating National Bird Day, which occurred last week. Uh, good, mo- good morning, Mike. Maybe Mike was on talking about this last week because he doesn't seem to be there at the moment, but I'm sure we'll find him. We usually do. Are you there, Mike? He's not there. Okay. Let us do this, and we'll be come right back, and I'm sure we'll have Mike with us. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. All right, how are we doing uh, connecting with Mike? We Have we actually done that? I, Wait, I, I have no idea. Uh, I don't know who you are, sir, but could you uh, pretend you're Mike O'Connor just for the next few minutes? Oh, boy, that'd be a challenge, wouldn't it? <laughs> so <laughs> National Bird Day, this was, uh, we're celebrating, this is kind of like uh, John Oliver with uh, Last Week Tonight. <laughs> We're, uh, <laughs> That's right. We're a little bit behind time. <laughs> it happened last week. National yeah. Bird Day. Well, not many. I don't know. Did a lot of people know about National Bird Day? I certainly didn't, yeah. and you didn't. So no. there's, there's the two people That's that two mattered. Yeah, exactly. D- didn't. And when my wife pointed it out, she's like, "Just saw it somewhere." She said, "Hey, did you celebrate National Bird Day?" Now I would have thought we would have known. And two, National Bird Day would be something you know go out and put out a new bluebird box or yeah. fill your feeder or, or something about our birds but actually it was it started in 2002 by organization of um avian welfare Co- uh, coalition and born free usa organization which is to point out the plight of the pet bird industry yeah. and it's something i guess we don't put enough focus on uh, attention to but it's it's a, it's a it's a big problem taking the birds out of the wild for the pet industry is is just a tragic thing mm-hmm. in the last in, a, in an eight-year period they took one and a half million african gray parrots out of the wild just wow. for the pet industry and that's just the ones that survived the trip they say 60 percent don't even survive the trip and that's just the ones that were done legally and there's still a whole bunch of illegal stuff going on so they wanted to point that out but they also wanted to point out that in, in 1992 the united states put restrictions on importing wild birds Number one, because it was inhumane. Number two, because because of the bird flu, I think. And so they put restrictions on it, and they encouraged people to raise birds. So the pet industry switched, at least in this country, to raising captured birds and selling those. The trouble is it turns into, like, according to these people, uh, like puppy mills. Mm-hmm. You know, parrots are just cranking out parrots because there's big money in it, and they go into pet stores, and this and all like we're getting played off of. It's a rough day. But look that up. National <laughs> yeah. Bird Day. You folks that are interested in, in what's going on with the pet industry and 
Yeah, sorry we we're kind of ran out of time there, Mike, but thanks. But we'll, yeah, so we'll direct folks to the uh, website if they want to find out more about this. NationalBirdDayCalendar.com is the, the address for that. NationalBirdDayCalendar.com. Mike, thank you, and we'll see you next week. Okay, sounds good, right? Back to the mystery bird contest, uh, trying to identify this mystery bird here. We are very short on time. Despite our live stream, we're happy to say lots of folks uh, checking in with us on the Mystery Bird Contest. I don't know how she did this, but Ellen is calling in from, is it Monticello or Monticello? We'll find out. Georgia. Uh, Ellen is down there. Uh, good morning, Ellen. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Are you, how are you hearing us this morning down there in Georgia? Uh, we're doing great down here this morning. It's about 60 degrees and uh, nice. Okay, but you can hear us online this morning, can you? Yes, oh, I can. Okay. Over the internet. Yep. See that? We're we're on and we don't even know it. Okay. Yes. Is, by the way, is it is it Monticello or Monticello? How do you say it? Down? Monticello. Monticello. Yeah, we have to be different, you know. <laughs> All right. How about our mystery bird, Ellen? I think it's a roughed grouse. A roughed grouse. Uh, Tim the, the Tim is uh, kind of shaking no, his head there. No, no, sorry. You know, you know what, though, Ellen? We're not even going to play sad music because uh, we don't have time to take another call, so we declare you our winner of the Mystery Bird Contest. And the uh, Mystery Bird uh, actually was the Purple Sandpiper. The Purple oh, Sandpiper. No. Okay. <laughs> Stay on the line, Ellen. Uh, meanwhile, we are out of time, and we'll see you next week on Talking Birds. <laughs> Oh, I like that. I Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. And by Ocean State Bird Club. Happy to sponsor Talking Birds. Why not shake off the midwinter blues with a bird walk? Or if it's too cold for your taste, come to one of our birding lectures or informal gatherings. We're online at www.oceanstatebirdclub.org and Facebook. Discover new ways to enjoy birding with Ocean State Bird Club.